What, which, this, that, or the other? From Bonnaroo to Coachella, traversing the music festival landscape can be tricky. That's where we come in with high fives for everyone. The What Podcast with Brad, Barry, Lord Taco, dedicated to exploring the entire festival scene. Brad has worked in the radio industry for more than 20 years and currently lives in Brooklyn, where he is program director for three stations, including one in New York, one in Detroit, and one in Miami. Barry's been a reporter for the Chattanooga Times Free Press, covering all aspects of the entertainment industry since 1987. That's before you were born. Lord Taco, the smart guy who makes these podcasts on our website at thewhatpodcast.com work. Also really good at identifying babies, loves blue-haired moms, PBR, and his beautiful Volkswagen bus. We all fell in love with the Bonnaroo Festival years ago, not only because of the amazing bands that play there every year, but also because of the incredible community spirit that has developed around it. Radiate positivity. And we really like talking about the inside baseball stuff when it comes to putting on a huge music festival. So join us. You can hear the What Podcast on the Consequence Podcast Network or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year? That matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. New Tame Impala was out this week on the uh, What Podcast, a podcast for Bonnaroovians by Bonnaroovians. Bonnaroovian A, Brad Steiner, Bonnaroovian B, Barry Corder. How are you? I'm good. You're Bonnaroovian B and C, Barry Corder. I like that. I know, B and B. All right. So, uh, have you listened to spending time with the Tame Impala? I have not. I was listening to a whole lot of other things. Like what? Uh, oh God, here we go. No. It's the same Bahamas track over and over, and it's going to be Bass Nectar. Move on. But there is other big news what did this you, week, no, too. No, I want to know what you were listening to. What was it? Uh, Lizard. Mr. Huh? Oysterhead. Okay. I can't I can't stop listening. I can't decide if I love Ugh. it or hate it. Burning one down this morning, huh? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. Got up early and got going. Yeah, okay. What is early for you? 5.30. Wow. God. <laughs> Jesus. I know. Oh, it's coming to you, man. No, it's Embrace not. Embrace it. No, it's not. Embrace it. Yeah, no. It so, Tame Impala came out this week, one of your uh, Bonnaroo headliners. Uh, and uh, what else? What is some other news that you say? Uh, big news from AC. Big news. Oh, know. yeah. Do you really consider that news, though? Uh, it's official. You and I have known for months. Uh, I've known for well, months. I, thought the, I think that the writing was on the wall for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's... Everything that I'm hearing out of Knoxville, and I have no reason to doubt those folks, is that nothing changes. Yeah. All right. So let's walk through it. For a while, uh, AC Entertainment was acquired by Live Nation. What was it, a 4951? Or what, what was the yeah, overall they, thing they when acquired, it first started? In 2016, they got controlling interest, uh, and we all, hair was on fire. Mm. Remember, we all were convinced it was the yeah. end of the world. Yeah. Uh, and they spent that money, by the way, they used the Live Nation yeah. to. to basically rejuvenate and and rebuild the site pumped a bunch of money into the site with the bathrooms and the roads and the electricity and and all of that um and arguably we all sort of thought god maybe if you remember that was the year the lineup wasn't so great yeah and we wanted to blame them Mm -hmm. i don't know we weren't in that room um but we have been hearing that ashley capps is going to retire and that Ted Heining was going to take his place. And that became official this week. 
they all say, and I, again, have no reason to doubt anything they're saying, that nothing changes. Um, okay, well, let's go through a couple of things. They said that the first time when Live Nation came in and sort of uh, put their mark on it. And they, I'm going to guess, now I have no information here, but I'm going to guess they allowed a lot of Live Nation people in the room. Uh, Live Nation then helped with, uh, got C3 involved. Right. And the lineup became a little bit out of AC's hands. And, um, you know, one thing leads to another. It doesn't necessarily go very well. Right. And then the rumor was that AC sort of took back the reins of the lineup last year. Even with the idea under the guise that nothing really has changed with the Live Nation um, AC partnership. Somewhere along the lines there, C3 sort of uh, steps away uh, in formal capacity. They still get some sort of uh, partnership. Obviously, you heard Bobby and... And uh, I can't remember her name, by the way. Sophie. Sophie, last week. But now that AC is back in the lineup thing, I, I got to imagine until it starts to fail and until they start to not sell tickets, Live Nation is going to continue to let AC do what AC does. I'll offer you proof. They let you and me in the room yeah. with now President Ted Heining, mm. Brian, and Steve, the two guys who booked the lineup. Yeah. I mean... You don't think Live Nation lets us in? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, what more do we need? Yeah. You know, those are the the guys that made it happen. Um, Look, I think that we've been through this once, um, and it made us all crazy, and we're still alive. Yeah, I think the republic will stand. I think we're going to be okay. Uh, what is the lesson? Is it that we get our hair on fire because rumors, or uh, just sort of trust, or I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a it's a bigger cultural thing. I don't think it's just Bonnaroo. I think that when people hear big giant corporation coming in, sure, they really freak out about anything. Yeah, you know, um, and there are certain people that absolutely despise Live Nation and everything sure. it stands for. Um, you know, they're not the easiest on our side. They're not the easiest. When I say our side, I mean radio. They're not the easiest to deal with in some ways. And then there are other people in Live Nation that are phenomenal, and I love. But, you know, that's every major industry. Every major industry that is, that is as big as Live Nation sure. has these horror stories, but they also have major, major success stories. Uh, and, you know, Live Nation's no different. It's a simple fact. As long as things are going well, leave it alone. And things are going well. Yeah, I don't know if Mitt Romney's coming in to run the <laughs> festival. You know, I know it seems like big corporation, lots of money coming in. To I mean, it's, it's only helped the festival since it's been around and I just don't right, I know right, right. Live Nation so there's some festivals that Live Nation puts on that just you know seem void of a spirit and a soul but you know there's a lot of music festivals Live Nation doesn't run that's void of a soul and a spirit yeah, you know it's exactly, not just them exactly and and you know the other news that we've gotten this week uh, according to what Festival is that the tickets are that it's going to be a sellout soon probably yeah. One of the earliest, one of the top two earliest in its history, 19-year history. Um, okay, now, does, aside from, like, the general public that, that buys tickets and then when you go to buy a ticket that's not there, does anyone care? Like, I love... I, I care we, because we talk about, we talk I, don't, about, I want room. Yeah, I, I know, <laughs> but we talk about, like, the amount of people there every year, and in 2016, the, you know, the, the crowd's not being there... But does anyone really care about about crowd size? Well, it's a good question because or how many tickets are we're sold? We're going to talk to Drew um, Holcomb here in a minute about Moon River, and to your point, they 
they might have hurt themselves. When, once they left Memphis and moved to Chattanooga, they sold out in eight hours the first year, sold out within 24 hours the second year. I don't know if they've sold out yet or not. And for some reason, it feels like, ooh, what's wrong? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, we're, we're recording this, uh, what, three days after. So, it, you know... Three, three days Lots after of festivals don't sell out in three days. No kidding. You know what I mean. Three days after what we're talking about is Moon River. Moon River is a, a boutique festival. If you've listened to any of the seasons past, we've talked the difference right. between the levels of festivals. Uh, Moon River is a boutique festival on the uh, on the the bank there of uh, the the Tennessee River in Chattanooga in Coolidge Park, and it's sort of become our. Our baby in in Chattanooga, and also run by AC Entertainment. Yeah, with it all started by Drew Holcomb, and, and Drew was nice enough last season to come on and sort of give us a behind the scenes yeah, sort of tour of like how you build a boutique festival and the differences between you know a major operation and and the Moon Rivers. Then another layer under that, which is just some guys wanting to start their own festival. Um, so today we're going to talk to Drew. We got a chance to catch up with him at Songbirds, which is this amazing guitar yeah. museum in Chattanooga. I mean, I don't know what the official number is, but it's like, I don't know, $50 million in guitars or something stupid. $200 million. Oh, that's all. $200 million in guitars. guitars worth insured for $200 million. Yeah, I mean... It's the largest rare unique collection in the world it's a place that if you if you like music or if you are an artist yourself or any band that's ever come through they walk in and they're just like what yeah. is happening yeah. here it's a very unique spot so uh the people at songbirds were nice enough to let us come by and, and talk to drew back in their little like private area and then uh we also got to talk to a patreon today yeah, while we were sat, sitting on stage of songbirds like we were a show no people <laughs> walking by through the museum just look at these two idiots on stage we need to really sometimes step back and realize how lucky we are oh i thought you were going to say how stupid we look it's amazing when we when we say this yeah we got to walk in there like we own the place. Yeah. Because uh, we kind of do. Oh, yeah. Just pick up any guitar you want to. Well, yeah. I haven't done that because I'm afraid I'd break it. I mean, it's it. one of these places that's got, like, the original Fender Stratocaster in a case that is, I mean, there's, like, 19 or, they've got one of 19. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that's, a, they've got a series that is 001, 002, and 004. That's yeah. the kind of that's the level that that's they have. It's, it's not the stuff that you know Elvis used to play. That's not what uh, they collected. They collected the historic stuff. So yeah. to be able to sit in there with Drew is unbelievable. Um, but I guess trying to put a bow on all this, it all fits, and that's why we did it. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about you asked the question: Does it matter if it sells out or not? To some people, I guess. Well, yeah, the people that, that build the thing. They <laughs> to care. them, it matters a lot. Yeah. To, to Drew, for his festival, it matters a lot. To you and I, it's fodder to talk about. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's panic. It's panic thinking that if it doesn't sell out, Live Nation takes over again. Uh, that's what everybody's... Exactly. That's the fear. Exactly. Uh, so we've got... Uh, first off, we'll talk to um, Drew here in a second. Drew and Brad, by the way. Brad's a, a guy from AC Entertainment from Knoxville. So we'll talk to him as well about the Moon River lineup and, and festivals in general. But first, we got a chance to catch up with one of our major Patreons, Aaron, and talk about his Bonnaroo experiences on the What Podcast, live from Songbirds in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Aaron, where are you calling from today? Where are you? I am... Uh, sunny Orlando, Florida. No kidding. Orlando, Florida. 
Uh, I guess you drive in. Do you drive into the to the festival? Or you fly I have, in the past. I have this year. I'm actually flying into Nashville and then uh, driving in from there. Well, but, who has uh, your, who has your gear? What do you, you just you travel with the gear? In the past, I have. Um, yeah. I've come up uh, with a tent in the past. Um, last year, I actually ended up renting out a big cargo van and just turned that into my little like yeah poor man RV. I've, <laughs> I've then, always uh, I've always thought like why hasn't somebody just rented a U-Haul for the weekend and actually, driven a U-Haul in? I, I saw some guys do that for a football game. They put yeah. couches in it, keg of beer. Right. You know, all their food. It's a great idea. Now, we've never actually asked the Bonnaroo people if you can do this, but I don't see a reason why you can't just drive a U-Haul in. Why? I actually think it says now on the site you can't do that. Oh, stop it. I think so. I saw it somewhere. Yeah. It might have been a football. No way. Can't, can't be like a box truck, um, but you can bring in, like, you could have, like, a rental, like, cargo van from U-Haul or So that's Enterprise. okay. That's okay, but a box truck, not okay. There's a certain length that can't be... Uh, huh. As long as it's under that, okay with it. But this year, I'm actually I'm renting one of those uh, tents that's just waiting for you when you show up. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a good day. that's a good deal. See, this is what I love. So we're getting all the different ways to do this. Right. This is great. <laughs> but but here's here's why I find this U-Haul thing to be so funny is that if they've had to put it into the rules and regulations, <laughs> that means someone has done it. Somebody's abused it. <laughs> Somebody has actually tried it, it and we has missed it. Used it too. They've no telling what they brought in. <laughs> that's funny. How many years? You probably have said it already. Yeah, this years? this year will be number seven. So wow. it did, uh, there you 2012, go. 2012 through 2015, and then uh, 2018, 19, and this year will be number seven. Why did you take the years off? Um, it was 2016. I, I did like some of the lineup. It wasn't necessarily as deep as I would have liked it to have been, um, but there were still, like, Especially towards the top, there were some acts that I really liked, um, but just made the call um, not to come. And then uh, 2017, it just there wasn't enough there for me. Uh, 2018, I actually came because I had uh, my girlfriend, uh, who I'm going, you know, this will be our third year in a row together. She really wanted to go, and uh, she had never been. And I was like, yeah, absolutely, I'll go back. Um, and it's it's fun seeing it through someone else's eyes for their first time. And, um, you know, we both loved it. And uh, You guys share musical tastes? What, what do you, do you guys listen to um, the same things? Yes and no. We're both pretty wide in our, our interests. She she leads a little bit more towards the countryside, whereas I lean more towards, like, the, you know, indie or alternative rock and the rock side. But we do, like, she's introduced me to a lot of stuff, and I've done the same for her. So well, The reason I fun. ask is... I, I always think it's very interesting if you take a newbie, if you take a, a Bonnaroo virgin, uh, because they're going to be tied at your hip. And so you guys well, better share some, some common yeah. interests or else you're going to be miserable. Absolutely. That's why yeah. I said, I yeah. said to, this, um, to somebody else, I, I think that uh, it's really imperative that you go without a, um, say, mate. <laughs> Don't go with somebody you're dating because unless, it, unless yeah, unless you're in unless you, agreement. Unless yeah. you're in total agreement and you really, really want to be around this person every second Absolutely. of the day. Yeah. Or go your and separate ways and be fine with that. Yeah, and that's that's something uh, we've always said to each other is like, you know, because it's it's just the two of us that go. Um is that, you know, at any time if there's an act I really want to see, I'm gonna go see it. If there's an act she really wants to see, she'll go see it. Yeah. Um and, you know, we've always been pretty you know, fine with that. You know, we're okay being apart for an hour or two. It's yeah. all right. Um, but, you know, when in... 
teach you know, me whenever your ways, we're... Aaron. Teach me your ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for the most part, though, like, you know, the, the first year, she was pretty much just relying on me to kind of show her around and show her, you know, all the, uh, you know, all the acts and, you know, the one, you know, I do a lot more research on the lineup than she necessarily does. So I'm, I dig into a lot more of the, the acts that I'm not familiar with, where she relies on me to kind of do the homework for her. So she's my somewhat. <laughs> you're, you're the first person I think we've had in a long, long time that said the lineup was a big, big part of your decision making, right? I mean, most, especially for a vet. Sure. Yeah. Most people are, yeah. you know, they like the environment or whatever and the lineup is secondary, but, uh, yeah. The lineup, it, it is a, a big part of it. I will say, um, you know, I do a fair amount of festivals each year. I'll do usually like three or four festivals a year that we go to. And um, for any other festival, the lineup, like, it has to be good enough for us to go. Um, whereas Bonnaroo, like, you know, we knew we were going to go this year before the lineup came out. So, so you know, to your point, the lineup, in general, it is important for me for most festivals, but for Bonnaroo, like, you know, we know that we're going to have a good time, you know, even if we're not, you know, seeing all of the acts. I think it, there's, there's it, it's it's definitely maybe like a location thing. I mean, for us, it doesn't matter what the lineup is. Right. I mean, we're, sure, we're, it feels sure, like sure. 20 minutes away. But for yeah. somebody like Aaron, who's got to come from Orlando or Liesl that we talked to the other day, uh, who has to come from Seattle, yeah, the lineup yep. probably really, really matters. What are the other festivals that you go to every year? Um, so I've done the last four years, um, I've gone to Coachella out in California. So that's even you know further for me. So like that one, it's, you know, I, you know, I love, I love it there, you know, the grounds, but you know, there the lineup is a little bit more important for me. Um, I've done ACL in Austin, Texas. Um, and then, uh, last year I did a couple of the smaller Las Vegas festivals, life is beautiful. And then a, a new one that Amazon put out called, um, intersect festival. What, what do you think the, dif- the main differences between Coachella and Bonnaroo are since you've been to both. Oh, I always say, you know, because they get compared to each other a lot. And, you know, I say they're both great, but they're they're two very different experiences. Um, Coachella is, um, boy, it's so hard to compare the two because they're similar yet, yet so different from each other. Um, I'll say, you know, Bonnaroo is, it's very much an experience. You know, you're going for just the whole thing. Um, you know, from the plazas to the music and then, you know, a big part of it, you know, and it's cliche, you hear people talk about it, but just like the overall community and the vibe of it, you know, like that truly is a thing with Bonnaroo. With Coachella, there's still like a community to it, but it's a little bit, um, it's more, um, I don't know how to to word it, you know, the way that, not make it sound like Coachella is not a good time, but it's just, it's, um, you just, you you definitely can feel the difference though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it, the, the atmosphere is a lot different. Um, I don't want to say people don't go there for the music because a lot of people do go to Coachella for the music. Um, but, you know, I get the feeling there that there are people that are there just to say that they're there. Um, I think we've heard that a couple of times. It's yeah. what, what you're wearing and yeah, how you I mean, look, look and all that. Whereas, you know, Bonnaroo, you're, you're wearing comfort. There's going to be a difference <laughs> in, in your experience if at the end of the day you get to get into a pool. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, right. at the end of the day, that, when you not, go back to your house in um, yeah. Santa Barbara and get to you know swim in a pool for the you know the remainder of the night, I think things are a little different uh, in how you experience a festival. The lineup thing for you is it the full breadth that matters, or if there are a couple of people that are your you know favorites, or is it the whole 
the whole. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You say like, is it like one specific act? Yeah. Or? Is it two or three the top headliners, or is it the bottom card, or is it the full lineup thing? Or you With know, specifically this year's Bonnaroo lineup? No, when you decided not to go, I'm just yeah, curious about. Um, in 2016, I the headliners are really like you know I'm LCD sound system. You know, I was you know, thrilled. I I ended up seeing them a couple times that year at, at other festivals. Um, and, you know, Pearl Jam, I've never seen, but I would have liked to have seen them. The Dead, you know, I would have liked to see them. It just, um, there were acts that I would have liked to have seen, um, but it just, you know, it didn't pull me in as much as you know, I wanted. And, um, in 2017, um, I, I just, you know, I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, the, that one just, it was more lineup driven. Um, but 2018, really what brought me back was well, just like my girlfriend really wanted to go. <laughs> if, if I can 2017 was a year we that close to not going right because of the lineup and that's when we started this but we were week of and again we're you know just down Mm -hmm. the road so the decision's (laughs) a whole lot easier but but yeah we were whining and complaining it took took a little convincing for for to go (laughs) that that year that's a great year that was my favorite year we were literally the week before you know, so and so is not going. So and so, I don't know if I want to go. That kind of thing yeah. because of the lineup. What did the uh, what, what was the girlfriend's first impre- impressions of Bonnaroo when she first went? What she like? What she not like? You know, you you try to prepare them, but you can't really prepare anyone for something like like you know to the scale of Bonnaroo. Um, and we had tried to think that was her first like major festival. You know, we have we've done some you know the other wow. festivals we've done after that. So that was her first like the legit festival. Um, and you know, it was a little overwhelming at first for her because it's just, you know, what is it, 800 acres or something like that? It's just massive. And, um, but she, you know, she ended up loving it. You know, she, she really um, appreciated just, you know, for her, she has a, a music background and um, you know, she went to school in, in Nashville. So she really appreciated it from just the operations standpoint and how it's all put together and, you know, just um, the overall, you know, community. She, you know, loved the whole vibe of it. I don't think I've ever told the story, but I took my brother to Bonnaroo. He'd never been to Bonnaroo before. Uh, he's a musician, mm-hmm. so, I mean, he he doesn't get wowed by a lot, but I don't know if he's ever done a major, major festival outside of, like, you know, Music Midtown because he right. lives in Atlanta. So mm-hmm. he comes to uh, Bonnaroo for the first time, and it was uh, the second Kanye year, right? And so um, he gets in late because the kid can't do anything Right, so he gets in way, way late. It takes him seven hours to get here from Atlanta. I finally get him in. So where we camp is right behind the the witch stage, and so mm-hmm. we we bring him in. I, I I shuttle him in, and then we immediately have to run to the media area to get into the line to get escorted into the pit. Right, mm-hmm. so in in the media area, certain shows they'll they'll escort you in as as a group and drop you right in the pit, no matter if it's closed or not. So. We go from backstage of the witch. We walk from backstage witch to literally through the artist compound behind the what stage where all of the the trailers and everything is. We w- this is his first step yeah. into Bonnaroo, yeah. and he we, he gets wheeled to the front row of a Kanye West show, and then three, two, one, Kanye. Nice. That's that was how, that was his introduction to Bonnaroo. That's that was, how it is for everybody. Isn't that it? was his first <laughs> step into Bonnaroo nice. into a major music festival. He's like, what in the world am I doing? How did this happen? I didn't. I it makes me think. My wife's first and only time. She came up just for the Springsteen night and came late and had to wait for the van to bring her in because they don't bring no only artists can be in the van so even if it's one person she couldn't ride with them 
So she had to wait for that, and then she comes trudging all this stuff and walks to the camping, which was on the other side of the road at that time. And the first thing she sees is a naked woman come running out of her car and squat down to pee in the middle of the lane. Welcome to Bonnaroo. And I was like, yeah, welcome, yeah. welcome to Bonnaroo. She got, she got a lady peeing. My brother got Kanye. Uh, sort of, you'll see, it, you'll see it all one way yeah, or the other. That's right. It's all a part of the story. Shortage of people watching at Bonnaroo, that's for sure. So about this lineup, obviously yeah. uh, you're going, which means you're excited about mm-hmm. it. So what, what are the ones you're looking forward to? Boy, there's, you know, looking at the lineup, there's a lot that, you know, you, you initially look at it and there's a lot that jumps out that you're interested in. And then it's just, you know, there, there's so many, um, you know, personally, Tame Impala, I'm really looking forward to them, especially with, you know, that stage production on, on the what stage is going to look and sound just incredible you know with the singles that you know they've been releasing it's you know looking like the album you know i'm really looking forward to the new album and hearing those songs live um let's see vampire weekend um very much enjoy them it's like it, i said this the other day it's almost like you forgot vampire weekend was on the lineup yeah. you said that about I, yeah. me. There's, there's i said so that about lana del rey i see yeah, that yeah, yeah. i constantly no matter how many times i look at the lineup i miss run the jewels i mean yeah. if i've totally forgotten until you just said vampire weekend was on the lineup mm-hmm. this is how deep yeah. this thing is. yeah, yeah. I, i'm really oh i'm sorry go ahead Barry. i was just gonna say i can't wait to get into camp and see how they how they discussions and the who's going where and where are we going and the angst and the oh my god so i'm stressed yeah. out about friday i'm totally stressed uh, out about friday and we were how many months away and I, I still can't wrap my head around what in the world my friday looks like and how beat to death i will be come saturday morning <laughs> i know yeah. it, it's going to be the decision is going to be go to one and stay or do a bunch of walk-bys i just don't do walk-bys we've uh, talked about this on the show i must i'm a, I'm a First song to last song guy. I like the whole show, and I like to go through the whole ebb and flow of it. I just don't do walk-bys very often, and I'm not good at them. But by the way, once I get there, I'm ready to get the hell out. You know, it's, that's not a walk-by. That is that's literally me. just that's, a walk. That's me. Oh, I can't stand. I don't want to stand here, or, or I'm missing something. With, or, I'm missing something. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, I, it's the FOMO part of me. I'd rather just not be there than walk up and stand there for five minutes. Yeah. I feel like I've missed the whole thing. I know. And you're convinced something better is going on over there. Yeah. yeah that's the hard part. Yeah. You were going to say, Aaron? Oh, oh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I, I think um, I'm really looking forward to the, uh, you know, it was you know, mentioned a couple of weeks ago on, on your, uh, I forget who you're talking with, but King Gizzard and the Lizard, uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard Late Night. Very curious to see what kind of show that ends up being because I've seen them twice before at festivals early in the afternoon. Like I think I saw them in 2015. Really? At the other was still the a tent, and uh, that, that's I think that's going to be a, a very energetic and fun late night set. What did you think about it? Um, when I saw them yeah. in the past, yeah, um, loved it. Um, I saw them, you know, like I said, 2015, and then I saw them in I think 2018. At Coachella, but both times they played early in the afternoon. Yeah. So see, that's fascinating. Act- King Gizzard is, is one of these that you're. I mean, look, it's gone right past me, and and I don't know if it does it any justice listening to it on Spotify, uh, yeah. because mm-hmm. I I don't get it. I don't get it on Spotify. It's going to be one. It's got to be one of these live shows that that you just have mm-hmm. to see to appreciate. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Yeah. You're talking about it's months away, and and I wanted to mention. Uh, 
the the Ruham cast guys. I don't know if you listen to their their podcast, but uh, I was listening to this morning and they did one on the whole Thursday Thursday lineup. Mm-hmm. This kind of went through and it it really kind of got me all fired up. You know, I'm ready to go, and that's just Thursday. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I mean, shout I, out to those guys too. They got a pretty good. Little yeah. Podcast. What do they, What do they say about Thursday? Because oh, I, they're with, they're I haven't spent I haven't spent much time on Thursday. They you know, uh, so. they are in total agreement with us that it's becoming one of their favorite days. Yeah, just, I know. I mean, get, I don't even care who's on the lineup. I really don't even. No. I, I know Larkin Poe and the Grand Ole Opry, and I think there's one Re- other. Regrets. That I, oh yeah, regrets. Yeah. 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 Um, but other than that, I don't really know anybody on thursday and frankly that's fine i mean is, no, that was, is, the, the i've got point, 17 yeah. artists i want to see on friday i don't really <laughs> give a damn what happens on thursday to be honest yeah. with you it was just that excitement of getting there getting there getting there and then hurry up and wait yeah what and, day, what and day you, after that it's you what know. day you getting in aaron so i um i'm not able to come in until thursday morning i we do the vips yeah I'm allowed to come until thursday which i i honestly if we could come in wednesday we would yeah um but unfortunately we, we can't come in this uh, my first Bonnaroo, I, I did uh, general admission, and that first Wednesday night, you come in and you know you get your tent set up, and uh-huh. then you just, it's so it's it, brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. And it's here's crazy. here's the thing. Here's the thing that I I love about, and we just started doing Wednesday, by the way. And the reason I like Wednesday so much is because of that very reason. The 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 campground feels like it's just yours, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and and you can settle down and you can relax and you don't have to worry about anything. Um, it's gotten so like I love Wednesday so much that now we want it to be Tuesday. <laughs> uh, we legitimately last year like you know what we could probably figure out a way to get it on Tuesday night, don't you think? Yeah, no, you're you're right, and it makes Tuesday and Wednesday great, but it makes Monday awful. The co- the following Monday, yeah, Monday, it's a long stretch. Mo- Monday is just the saddest, saddest it's day sad. of the world. It's I I went two yeah. years we, right, second year we did that. I guess I got home on Monday, hung my tent to dry, put all my stuff away, opened a beer, and I do not remember anything until Thursday. <laughs> and it wasn't because you know I was on drugs or whatever. I just was I was putting milk in the cabinets and cereal in the fridge. It was I was fried, but. I wanted to ask, um, because you've done it so many different ways, can you compare, mm-hmm. sort of compare and contrast general admission versus yeah. all the others? Because so, you're one of the few, I think, that we've talked to that Liesl's done some of the tent camping, but that's always mm-hmm. interesting to me to somebody who's actually experienced the different levels. Yeah, so with this being the seventh year, I've done general admission in a tent once, um, I guess four years in a tent in VIP and then the one year in a van and this year will be in one of the tents that's like waiting for you when you show up. Um, general admission was, you know, I, I lucked out because I think I waited about an hour in line in traffic because I've heard some of the horror stories about people waiting in line and fortunately avoided that and had a campsite, you know, pretty close to the entrance to center Um, VIP, you know, I've done it every year since. And that, you know, for me, the, the perks are just, fantastic you know it's the only festival that i do the vip for because i feel the perks are are great you know with between the the quicker access into the grounds to um the lounges the uh, a little bit bigger you know site which is your campsite which is nice well now they moved the hill uh the vip (laughs) hill i mean things are so much better out there just being that 20 feet closer to the yes. stage. It makes they such moved, a difference. They moved the damn hill. That's I how know committed it. they are to this thing. <laughs> they moved the hill. Okay. They moved the hill. I know for a fact. I'm just convinced at this point. They All either right. moved the hill or they moved the stage in closer. Right. I don't me, know. We have. I'm sure we have people who have not listened to every podcast. So I'm going to bring everybody <laughs> up to speed 
real quick. So okay. two times yeah. I've introduced Brad to Ashley Caps. One was in Forecastle in the bourbon tent, yeah. and you thanked him for saving music. Yeah. And then the other, we're standing in front of the what stage on Wednesday during the media thing. So there's 10 people around. Yeah. Brad looks over and he says, why'd you move the hill? <laughs> and Ashley looks at him like, what? <laughs> Ken Weinstein walks up and you say it again. Why'd you move the hill? They look at each other. Then they look at me like, have you brought somebody who's not quite all right <laughs> into our... And I'm looking at him like, no, please, no, <laughs> not, not in front of these guys. Of it all was to, okay, okay, first off, it was totally empty, right? So you got to see the grounds totally <laughs> empty. And when you stand at the stage, turned around and looked back at the, at the, the grounds, the hill looks damn near 100 feet closer than I remember it. Now, I've been on the VIP hill. I've seen a show on the VIP hill. It was miles away. It was miles away that year. Like, I can't even express to you how much of a gap there was between the VIP hill and the stage. Standing there in front of the stage, you look back on it, it you, I could have thrown a baseball at it. <laughs> it was that close. Ashley Caps and Ken Weinstein. <laughs> I was mortified. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm starting uh, a movement. They moved the hill. Yeah. <laughs> Never underestimate the powers of Ashley Caps. Uh, yeah, or um, self-medication. Yeah. I mean, it's not that hard to create a hill, okay? <laughs> you just dig up some dirt and place it there. Put some grass, you're done. I wish I could have taken a picture of Ashley's face. <laughs> Probably matched mine. <laughs> but it, okay, um, so your girlfriend's going this year? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is she is she bought in now? Is she doing the spreadsheets and she's like is she as psycho as the three of us are about it? No, nah, she she pretty much relies on me to do a lot of the the work. Um, she's very excited. I mean, this is her favorite lineup of the the, the three Bonnaroo's that will have gone to. Um, she's really excited about a lot of the Even acts. More so than last year, being a country fan. Yeah, you know she. I mean, she was very excited about you know like Casey Musgraves and. Uh, um, Brandy, I'm trying to remember Brandy uh, Carlisle. Yeah. Um, trying to remember the one that's in the High Women um, that's about to have a baby. Um, yeah, Maren Morris. Maren Morris. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, this year, um, yeah, I, I thought she would prefer last year's over this year's, but you know, she right when the lineup came out, she said, "I like you know this year's a lot more." So, well, well if she hasn't already, Yola, I'm screaming about Yola. Talk about if she likes. She likes country and, and soul and a little bit of R&B. It's all in one package of Yola. I am absolutely in love with it. How about this now? Because we were talking about it last time, and, and I think, Brad, I'd like to explore it maybe a little bit longer in another podcast, but the idea of how Bonnaroo in particular has sort of changed all of our psyches into wanting to be discoverers. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's that's what we talked well, about. Well, yeah, right? I think that there's there's also a part of it, like, I don't want, and, and I think that I got this maybe for a little bit from the Reddit people, but, but mostly from Brian and Steve when they said, this is what they do for a living. This is their job. We need to know everyone. And so it almost makes me feel like if they put somebody on the Bonnaroo line, if I don't know, I feel like I've failed. So now I need to know all of them, too. So I want yeah. to know anybody they put on the lineup so that I don't feel out of the loop. I think I felt that way before. Four, several years ago and now it's oh i get to i get to discover i mean it's like mm -hmm. discovering a new restaurant to yeah. me you know i want to discover yeah, that's, something. i think that's where i was originally but now i'm starting to to rethink it like I, I see all these names on thursday or or whatever day and i'm like why did i not know them 
Why am I having to be introduced well, that's, to, that's to things? You. I know, I know. That's just I'm you. Starting, it's changing. How about a bit. your girlfriend, Aaron? Is she is she caught in? You said she likes country. Is she now into that mode yet? Because I, I really do yeah. think that's a phenomenon from this festival, mm-hmm. and I'm sure others. But I, and Spotify. Well, yeah, and I mean, Pandora look, there's, you're not that, you're not going to um, hangout festival to discover artists. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> you're not. You're. I mean, Forecastle might be cool, and I like Forecastle, but I'm not going there to to discover Fair you enough. know things that that are outside of my comfort Absolutely. zone. Absolutely, that's and that definitely is a, a lineup driven one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Absolutely. but about her, is yeah. she bought into the? Yeah, well, I I mean, I I feel like I listen to a lot of music, but you know, kind of like we were saying, every year the lineup comes out, and I'm thinking I didn't listen to a lot of music because there's always some acts that I'm like, well. Let's do some homework, which I, I mean, I love lineup, the lineup release day, because it's like, all right, here's a bunch of bands I'm about to learn about. Um, and so for me, I kind of, what I have, end up doing is I'll, as I listen to acts, I'll like create little like Spotify uh, playlists that I send her just to kind of give her like a little bit of a, kind of a best stuff. Because I'm listening to the whole lineup and I'm trying to like, you know, pinpoint certain things for her. Um, and uh, I feel like, you know, ends up, you know, working out well that you know once love, we get to the I love this I love this thing that that you say and and, and we've heard other people uh, that we've talked to say the same thing they're curated the lineup has been curated for you by Bonnaroo you're cre- curating a lineup for your friends and family and girlfriends and significant <laughs> others uh to for you to enjoy that's kind of fun yeah like if I could if I could curate a lineup for Barry I mean his back would give out uh, I'm gonna take him <laughs> some going things. To that anyway. He's going to anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm actually. Uh, yeah. The, the training has started. Good. Good. <laughs> I said this last year. I was like, man, I'm really gonna have to get in shape for Bonnaroo, and everyone laughed at me. No, but I, I feel didn't. like you got to work I out. Panicked. You got to do some. You got to do some exercises yeah. for the the months leading up for it, so that you don't, you know, literally not broken by Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot of people on other podcasts and and Reddit and all that. You know, what do I need to do? Yeah, start exercising, start hydrating, no kidding. all of that stuff. Yeah, get in about thirty five thousand steps a day. Yeah, we joke about it, but we live here. But people coming from the north, I can't imagine what coming into the Tennessee humidity in June is like to the. Un- unawares yeah, yeah. It's, to- it's totally miserable yeah. it's totally miserable but luckily we've gotten really 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 lucky the last few years with, with uh, weather and that's the weirdest thing i've heard people talking about be prepared for the cold at night man the first 10 years i went i don't it, remember it being cold it was never cold i it never was... remember it's been freezing the last few I years i don't know what's going on i wore three pair of pants last year i know at, on thursday <laughs> night it I, was i wore freezing. my pajama pants out into center if you remember you're wearing them now i can't uh <laughs> you that doesn't really happen very often. like really there's people in rabbit costumes over there <laughs> make fun of my pajamas <laughs> i just don't see how pajama pants are now, warm they were dr denton's you know with the back thing no they weren't but <laughs> Anyway, lovely image. Yeah, lovely yeah, image, right. man. Aaron, thanks so much for for listening and, and chatting with us today. We can't we can't thank you enough for for supporting the podcast, liking it, listening. We we never anticipated um, having you know a friend group expand like this via Bonnaroo. Anything we, we didn't ask you? Anything you you know you were hoping to say that we didn't ask about? We didn't ask. Oh you, is it? no, I mean, it's yeah. covered. Just you know, I very much appreciate listening to you guys every week. So did you, thank you did, for. Did you want to say anything about my hair? Yeah, what's your favorite it's part about me? That's I always ask people. Uh, <laughs> how does it look on Monday morning after a weekend of Bonnaroo? 
Does it still look like that, or is it, uh... it is on fleek all no, the time? Nothing else does, but that. <laughs> yeah, does. nothing else works on me, but this thing is very consistent. <laughs> yeah. All right, Wonderful. man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron. Talk to you right. soon. Thanks. See you on the farm. All right. Aaron from where was he? Dallas? Where was he? Where oh, from? That was Timothy. Oh, no, he's from Orlando. Orlando Aaron yeah. from Orlando on the What Podcast, a major Patreon. By the way, some other patrons we'd like to thank: Jason Hazelbaker, Chloe Howe, Lucy Young, Phil Hanley, Dan Sweeney, Dustin Garrig, Chelsea Davis, Frank Swanson, Linda Doles, David Grimes, Liesel Condor, Bill, and Ella. Uh, part of our Patreon group uh, available at the WhatPodcast dot com. I actually uh, really enjoyed the the Patreon chats and just chats in general because it sort of like reminds us why. We do this, and it reminds us that you know we actually might have friends, and we're not alone. <laughs> yeah, we're not God. we're not total losers. It's yeah. not just us and Taco that love this festival. Uh, it's it's people from all over the country. That just blows my That's mind. That's the part that really gets me. Like we've had now, uh, and you'll we've talked yeah, to a few patrons. We've hit the whole corner. Yeah, you haven't heard it yet, but we've talked to a Seattle. We've talked to a Dallas. We've talked to and now an Orlando. It's a very strange thing because I get so locked in the idea that this is just you know within a hundred and fifty mile radius as Bonnaroo is, but no, it's all over the place. And hearing somebody have to like travel from. Seattle or Orlando and fly in and then just hope everything goes well is beyond my abilities. I couldn't, I could never live that way. And the different ways they do it. I mean, yeah, one, one sends her stuff ahead, flies in, one packs his stuff in an RV with his buddies who then drive and then he flies, which is a pretty good way to do it. And then Aaron has done tent. He's done VIP. He's going to do VIP tent this year. He's running one or getting one of those VIP tents. And it hit me while we were talking to Aaron. Like, I would have never thought about this sitting, you know, in our campsite at Camp Nut Butter. But boy, the the AC and the Bonnaroo people figure that out. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh yeah, we've got to get more people here. How do we do it? Let's make their life a lot easier. If they just want to ship things in, if they want a group camp, if they want a tent only, how can we make this as easy as possible for them? We made that point a little bit, but maybe now's a good time to really put a finer point on it. When talking to Sophie with C3, the growth of the experiences out in the plaza, remember she said it took a long time, took longer than it should have. This is why. They spent all their time and energy and money getting everything else the VIP, I, I've said it. I remember walking through that first time that the VIP area was over by the old comedy tent area. Oh I yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, I was like, mm, this is not what this festival is about. Right. You know what? Who? Ugh. It felt weird. <laughs> it felt wrong. Now you kind of understand that the whole plan was to make this festival comfortable. For all kinds, and of that's people. you know, th- not just me, not just you. I'm glad you brought up that Sophie conversation because it really didn't hit me that this was already happening overseas. Like this, the, oh, yeah. the blueprint's already been laid down for them. They just need to actually have the money and the funds to do some of these things that make things a lot easier. I sort of forgot that part of it. Um, thank goodness Sophie like reminded me yeah. about it because you know you you're, they don't have to reinvent the wheel. And we can speak to this uh, because it's 70 miles away. Manchester is in middle Tennessee. It is, it's not like you just walk in and plug and play. Right. right? I mean, it, it literally was a 700-acre working farm. There's no electricity. There's right. no plumbing. There was no roads. 
So it's taken them all of these years to develop that stuff. Yeah. And work with the city and work with Coffee County. Uh, you know, when they put in sewer, <laughs> this is inside baseball, sausage making stuff. Mm-hmm. But so they put in the sewer, they put in water. Well, the city itself is not equipped to handle it. So, you know, you can fix your plumbing in your house, but if the lines coming in aren't equipped, that I mean, that's. This is why you come over to my baseball. house and fix things. This is literally <laughs> inside I, baseball. But think that, about that. I would never have thought of it. Yeah, so you got eighty thousand people now flushing a toilet, and it's going into <laughs> it's going into Manchester, uh, and it's not ready to handle. Yeah, it. so that's the kind of thing that has taken so much time. Yeah, this is what you wanted to spend your time with talking <laughs> of toilets with Barry Corner. You only get that here, folks. <laughs> More Patreons to think Ryan Matthewson, Sean McCarthy, William Woodhoyt, Parker Reed, Meredith that's Rittman. Clay, I'm gonna say hi to Clay. All right, go ahead. Hi, Clay. Right, Clay Wilhoyt. Ross McNamara, William Richards, Evan Brown, Aaron Carlson, Timothy Proctor, Catherine Riccio. Riccio. I always mess that up. Catherine Riccio. Uh, whatever. Gordon Silver and Tyrone Basket. So this was a uh, another return guest. We haven't had many, uh, but a return guest, Drew Holcomb, uh, sort of started the Moon River Festival in Memphis, and then it got a little. Out of his control. Yeah. Uh, it got a little bit too big. Hearing, I love hearing him talk about that. Acknowledging God. some failures and some mistakes, and they're like, I got to bring in some people who actually know what they're doing. Big for his skill set. I mean, that's the, that's, imagine you say, I'm up to a party, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden there's 3,500 people, well, I've and got now a, you can have 11,000. I've or, got a similar problem. I had this idea, let's, uh, let's do a podcast about Bonnaroo, and I'm just doing it until the real host shows up. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's somebody more qualified to do it. Yeah, we're well, we're gonna sell it to AC. <laughs> sure, God, yeah, if they want to <laughs> write a check. Um, although I don't know if the funding's gonna be there anymore for Probably AC not, now like, that news yeah. broke. Uh, so Drew Holcomb spent some time with us at Songbirds earlier in the week to talk uh, festivals, to talk even forecastle and his festival Moon River. And Brad, yeah, we, oh yeah, Brad, Brad from Brad AC. Brad is yeah. the guy that so. Basically, what happened is Drew and his partner, his business manager, came up with the idea. It outgrew Memphis. They said, we got to get somebody who knows what they're doing. So they partnered with AC. Brad is the guy at AC. They said, hey, go down to go find us a space. And it was fascinating to hear him talk about, you know, why put it in a a park on the river, the Tennessee River in our city where they've never had a closed gated ticketed yeah. event before and by the way they don't talk about this but there's a walking bridge open to pedestrians that walks right on top of it so you can basically just stand on the bridge and stare down and be totally okay which i'm sure does not make them very happy no that's an awkward thing for them but it adds to it as i mean golly last year looking up from brandy golly golly i know you're gonna <laughs> catch that <laughs> golly gee um you look up Brandy Carlisle's on stage, and you look up, and that entire bridge is is yeah. full of people. the The crowd is full. The river, the Hunter Museum across. The, it's a gorgeous setting. It's a really nice setting. So uh, we talk about all of that with Drew and Brad from AC, Drew Holcomb, and the neighbors, and uh, Brad from AC now on the What Podcast. You know, it's a uh, pretty impressive. We've only had one guest return to the podcast before. We've only had one returning guest. Now Drew's our second. Quayar, yeah. Quayar, yeah. yeah, you're yeah, you're tied. We're here with Brad from AC, Drew from Moon River. Thank you guys so much for doing this. We're going to talk Moon River specifically, but festivals sort of in general, which is why we wanted you to join us, uh, Brad, because you, you sort of helped set this up, right? You took his vision, and then you, you make it work, or is that overstating? That's definitely a, that's it, yeah. I mean, we, we sort of 
had this this you know dream that had been sort of uh, shoestrung in Memphis, and uh, AC sort of took it to a whole other level. So yeah, I don't have to worry about any more details, which is really nice. <laughs> yeah, so to set the stage, I guess that's why one of the fun things you were a guest last year. We should talk about, and we you talked about how to to, to put a point on what you said earlier. You realized it was bigger than what you were your skill set was, right? I don't right. really put words in your mouth, but yeah, it was bigger than my skill set, and it was it got to the point where it was bigger than just my fan base. So <clears throat> the last time we did it in Memphis, um, you know, I was headlining, and we had a bunch of other bands play, and. Uh, you, you kind of got to this point where you realized that relative to the work that we were putting into it, it was it either needed to grow or we needed to like actually make it smaller. And so um, we had a lot of sort of parallel conversations and we've been friends uh, with and done a lot of shows with AC over the, over the years. And we just sort of started this conversation with them about what would it look like to partner together and sort of started talking about, well, does it have to be in Memphis or should we look elsewhere? And I said, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be in Memphis, but I want it to be in the state of Tennessee. And, um, you know, we sort of kind of got a lead on Coolidge Park and went and looked at it and just thought, man, this would be, if we could pull this off, it would be perfect. But at that point, I knew that, you know, the logistics of the festival, both from sort of a, a capital point of view of, like, I was basically putting my house and life at risk every year. <laughs> And, you know, I started having kids, and that felt more and more foolish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> seriously. It was rock and roll for a minute, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, because you've got, like, so many considerations. Staging, lights, crowd control, food and beverage, sponsors, pour, you know, water, water porta potties Dollar bills. Weather, insurance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, like, a, there's literally, a, like, a list a mile long, and we were... Out of, we were just, you know, my manager and I were spending three or four months a year on on something that's not our sort of primary uh, skill set or, or sort of, and uh, obviously AC like has that in spades, and so um, it made sense to partner together. And thankfully for them, I think it's, it's it's worked out. The festival definitely has its own identity, and you know, you guys definitely. I mean, you know this. Every festival sort of has their own identity. From hangout and their their pop centric thing to you guys on the completely opposite end. Did the idea of Moon River and what it ended up being? Did it was it born out of necessity? Was it because the market was forcing you into an Americana type of festival, or is it just what you naturally uh, are inclined to do? I, mean, I don't want to speak for Brad, but I know for me, it started out as sort of picking bands that I knew personally. Uh-huh. And so that tended to be sort of more in the Americana space because, you know, if I'm playing, you know, festivals or going on tour with people, it's typically there's some sort of musical association with that. And so, uh, you know, I'd done a co-bill, let's say that's how, how did I meet St. Paul. I met them through doing a co-bill at an event in Memphis, uh, you know, met you know, Will Hogue and the Dirty Govs who played the first year of Moon River in Memphis. I met them just from both being sort of Tennessee songwriter bands, you know. Uh, and then I think, too, we, as we sort of started having the conversation with AC, we realized that, like, sort of this idea of an artist-curated experience that sort of is a little bit more genre-narrow is a good thing for a smaller festival. Right. I mean, obviously, Bonnaroo is, like, the hippest, coolest, most unique ideas, and it's 
But they're also trying to sell, I don't know how many tickets per hundred sell, but it's a whole 80,000 tickets, sure. Tickets. You know, we're trying to sell a lot less than yeah. that. Um, and we also, it was geography related, like what kind of music, you know, does like the the sort of average music fan in Chattanooga like? And we'd heard that like sort of the Americana stuff was bluegrass, especially is sort of, you know, well received here. And so it's obviously grown out of just being fans that I, bands that I know, but it's it's definitely a conversation we have every year. Let's come back to that. I want to bring Brad in because, and, and sort of set the stage for people who are not from Chattanooga. We, we put this in a park that had never had a closed off ticketed place before. So what was that first conversation and what made you think we could do that? Well, I think that um, one of the biggest compliments we got after the first year here was that, you know, we people came and said, you know, we never could see Coolidge Park in the light that Moon River was able to put it in. And I think a lot of that comes from not that we have, as AC Entertainment, figured out some sort of formula, but we, you know, the festivals that we're doing that are these artist-curated festivals like we have with Drew here in Moon River, we're doing them all across the southeast, and we, and we have them in Charleston, and we have them in Cincinnati, and we just have a thing for, honestly, we have a thing for parks and rivers, and I, I couldn't yeah. tell you, of all the places in town, um, we, we wanted to be careful, one, that we weren't doing an event that was already kind of known for hosting another event, because right. um, you sometimes have some uh, just brand identity associated right. with a, a location or a site. So it was important that we were doing something that was unique, and Coolidge Park is, is a beautiful park. It's positioned in a beautiful part of town. It's easy to access. It's close to, uh, you know, when, when you talk about infrastructure, that's a very important thing, and you've got a walking bridge there that leads to 85% of the hotel rooms that are in downtown Chattanooga. So as far as, uh, you know, tourism and tourists that are coming into the show, it's just easy access. Uh, parking, not really a huge issue. So there's a lot of it's a lot of those logistical things that play more into the decision behind a location. Um, and for the size event that we want to do, it, it made the most sense. It wasn't too large that we would feel empty, but it wasn't so small that we had to cut back on how many tickets we thought we could sell or wanted to sell. To, just to brag on you a little bit, I hope I'm not giving away secrets. Um, but I understand that first sort of meeting with all the main people here, there was a couple of folks who were already can't do this, can't do that, can't do that. And you said, let me finish my presentation and then see what you say. Well, I think it's... And I, I, my understanding it was like, okay, you can do that. Because the level of detail is what I, what I understand. Yeah, the, I mean, you have to think of, of everything. And I think it's hard. A, a lot of the pushback that we got from the beginning and pushbacks of maybe even too strong of a word, but people, you can't, you can't, um, if you've never seen it, you can't, how are you supposed to, you know, accept it or, or be able to argue for or against it? So we just had to say, hey, listen, we do this work everywhere that we go, so you've got to kind of trust us a little bit. To the level, to your point of the, you know, the toilet paper and water, like, what are you going to do about grass and the water spigots and how are you going to take care of this and that? I mean, that's the kind of thing that people have to take care of. It's not just turn the lights on, you know, plug in and kind of thing. I I think part of, just back to the first question, I think part of the cool collaboration here is that when you have an artist curated festival, Drew is, the way I picture it, Drew is this amazing chef that's going to bring this amazing course meal. 
And AC is, we're making sure that the door to the place where you're going to eat opens. We're making sure the table is set, the silverware is clean. Staff is trained. Yeah, and it's it's very important. Both of those things have to meet in order for us to be successful. It it can't be he goes 50%, we go 50%. We've both got to be hitting everything. Everything has to be turning from both sides in order for it to be what it is. Well, it's allowed me to enjoy the festival more creatively, both as a performer at the festival because uh, I wasn't on stage thinking about, you know, why is there some sort of kerfuffle happening with security over here on my right? I mean, you know, because it's not my sort of role anymore. So it's, it's made it's made me enjoy it more. And then I, I, I think uh, the the sort of lineup curation part has become a lot more fun, just because you know because the festival is larger than what we had in Memphis. We just it's sort of a different palette. We're at, you know, we used to just do one stage and it was like eight bands a day. You know, now we're two stages, and there's a whole lot more than that. And so, I'm not sure it's necessarily changed my creativity as a writer, you know, as a touring artist, but it's definitely changed the experience of the festival for me. And it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, whereas it, 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 it had been a dream that it sort of turned into a little bit of a nightmare. That's not a stronger word, but it's become a really like it's become a big headache. And now it's just like you know, totally like you know, like it's my Yeah. <laughs> I think we had talked before, and it was like a child. We were watching a child yeah. grow. Yeah, and now it's like the, the child's like off of college. college. Yeah. It's just so different than what you're usually doing on a daily basis. Like, you're not writing a song. You're not writing a guitar part. You're literally building an entire festival. Does that whole thing make you feel differently or think differently about your career and what else you can do and, and how you can expand your, your, your palette? Hopefully what it's made what it's done at least at least this was part of my vision is i have played a million festivals and i'd say that the experience ranges from like wonderful to like really really terrible and uh i wanted to be a music festival that artists really wanted to come be a part of because they took really good care of the artists i mean there's little things like you know as little competing stages you know we don't have that at moon river at all Obviously, some festivals at their scale can't do that, and they're so diverse that it doesn't matter as much. But, uh, you know, little things like that, the backstage is, you know, really good for the artists. And just really wanted to make it the kind of thing where it, was, it felt like a reunion of sorts for both the, the festival goers, but also for the artists um, to, to feel like a, a, a community thing and not just some sort of. Uh, you know, we've never made enough money on this thing that it's like, oh yeah, we got in this for the. I mean, if we got in this for the money, we were foolish. Yeah. You know, because it's not. I mean, it, it's it's been successful, but it took us you know seven years for it to become successful, um, in a way that that was sort of relatively, you know, relatively mm-hmm. time and, and sort of love put into it. But I, I hope that it makes other festivals, you know, people other people dream up their own thing. Right. Uh, to build community. And, and I love that we're not just like I don't. You couldn't pick Moon River up and just put it anywhere. Right. It's sort of tied into the place. You know, I think that's important. That's a great point. That and, and I, it's interesting because we talk about it all the time. The idea that the artist is having a good time, it's something they want to come to, and then from your side that the fans are seeing something. Another one of those detailed things. I, I'm pretty sure it was you that thought of getting the aquarium lights to be the same as your lighting, right? Yeah, I mean that's the kind. Of, that's just a cool detail. Yeah, that makes everything 
feel different and special and we you know we talk about it. it's those kind of things when you walk out and feel like I've just had a unique experience for one a couple yeah. of places but the river that was the thing you landed on the river and then said how do we make this work yeah right yeah and and, and you all know I mean part of the appeal for us as AC We've done work in Chattanooga for years, and you know we've done a lot of work right. with the Tivoli and Walker Theater and Soldiers and Sailors. So we've always wanted to do a festival here, but it, it, it took this, you know, it's all of that coming together at once to be like that's the light bulb. The light bulb's on now. Like this is what we're gonna do. Now, actually, to the actual lineup line, I'm sure you guys are enormously proud of, of creating what you created this year. I mean, Yola to me is still the the shining star of all. Uh, festival lineups until I see her. Uh, I'm just so obsessed with her on every level. I was reading this article from the, a guy from the 1975. The lead singer of 1975 basically said that he will not play a festival unless it is 50-50 male-female split. Is that something that you guys are, are conscious of when you're making your lineup? Absolutely. Uh, and it, That conversation sort of started internally with me um, through my friendship with Brandy Carlisle who headlined last year, but she had started speaking up about that as sort of a, an issue inside of music as well. And so, I mean, yeah, there's like, we are very uh, intentional with making sure that uh, we are a part of the solution to a real problem, yeah. you know, in the music business. And, um, you know, that's been a lot of fun. It's, it's uh, it'd be easy to throw together. There's just so many like, you know, male singer-songwriter guys, it'd be easier to just throw a festival, just to, but I don't think it'd be very, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have the identity that we have, it's, you know, I think that um, it's been a win uh, for all parties to, to be more, to be as thoughtful as you can about the lineup, you know, we want, uh, we want to have a, a sort of um, a lineup that reflects the diversity of what it's like to be a human being, especially in, in Tennessee. Does that go for the scheduling of it, too? Uh, probably, I'm going to go with uh, Drew Holcomb and the neighbors being the. Uh... Familiar, you know, although I've never seen him live, because um, I've always been him live. Um, don't know what it's like to be in the audience when he plays, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty cool. Person I haven't seen that I'm the most excited about is Billy Strings. Um, he's incredible from what I've seen, sort of online, what I've heard. Honestly, I think most everybody else on here, I've I've seen or heard. I, I just heard Molly Tuttle. And Amethyst Kia last week on this uh, music cruise called Kayamo, and they were incredible. I tell you, someone I haven't seen in a long, long time is the Indigo Girls. Yeah, uh, I think you know they're gonna. They're, that's gonna be incredible. And uh, Nickel Creek sort of semi coming out of retirement. How'd that happen? Uh, a lot of phone calls and yeah. uh, begging. begging. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I actually saw them in Chattanooga when I was in college. So I drove down what were you doing in Chattanooga in college? What were you doing? You just coming? No kidding. Yeah, I looked it up. Yeah, ninety-three, right? No, no, no. I'm, I'm younger than that. <laughs> <laughs> 2002. 2002. So. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, Barry. Man. <laughs> no, they were playing up on Lookout Mountain and uh, free, sh free show. Really? No kidding. Yeah. So I went up there and um, 
there was just sort of a, a you know a piece of that for me that was related to Chattanooga. That's a but, but did you get some sort of hint as to this was about to happen, or uh, was it something that you pushed for? We shared some mutual friends, and yeah, we sort of put, you know, um, put official channels out there, and then you know also let the unofficial channels know that. You know, I think one thing that we've got going for us now is you know, pe- most artists, at least that are sort of within the sort of musical world that we're dealing with, are aware of us now. So it's not like a cold pitch mm. of like, hey, come play this festival you never heard. Right. Because a lot of artists, especially ones like them that, that don't do very many shows at all, like they want to come out and do a show that needs to be something sort of special. So they were convinced of that, and uh, and then also bringing in their the live from here show for the Friday night piece was a was a thing that helped make the whole yeah you know, yeah parts of the whole where did that come from? Explain that because that's a, a totally new wrinkle, right? Yeah. Well, so Chris from Nickel Creek, Chris Dealey, um, you know, took over what was Prairie Home Companion and now it's live from here and they film it all over the country. Uh, it's just probably, you know, the preeminent variety radio show in the country, if not the world. And um, as we got to talking to them, we thought well, maybe, you know, if, if we could convince them to also do the show here, it might be easier to make the whole package mm-hmm. work. And obviously the venue is perfect for that mm-hmm. at um, Soldiers and Sailors. And so is it, is it Sailors and Soldiers or Soldiers and Sailors? Yeah, it was just sort of a, honestly, it was kind of a, you know, we threw sort of a, a knuckleball to see if they would they would take it, and they, they hit, hit it out of the park. Now, who's making that pitch? Is it, is it you? Is it AC? AC, on, on behalf of the festival. Interesting. But those are conversations that we have, you know, pretty much weekly, to the, all the booking, yeah. Self, Paul, my manager and partner on the original festival, and then uh, Brian. When does that start for next year? Oh, I don't know. Starts about a month after. The yeah, festival. right about now, right? Yeah. Some calls being made on, on the on the you know, day of the festival. Yeah. Say, hey, we're, yeah. we're looking at next year. Let's wow. let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll point out and give them a, a, a shout out, I guess. But our own strung like a horse yep. uh, is on this year, and and we've sort of quietly been saying because there was some chatter from people local, yep. with their local bands, but we always said they should earn it, and it feels like these guys have earned it. So I love that. Yeah. They have to earn it, and I love that they did. So. Yeah, they're great, and we're really honored they said yes. And actually, Amethyst, is uh, she lives in um, Johnson City, but she grew up here in Chattanooga. How about so, that? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, they're really excited about it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. That's great, because they just came back from Americana Fest UK or yep. UK Fest, and uh, that's what I mean. It, it means something when everybody on there has earned it. So yeah, and I hope, I mean, I think... AC has this hope too, especially because they book a lot of shows here in Chattanooga outside of the festival. You know, I want Moon River to be the kind of thing that that raises the the both the touring and the and the local and regional presence of Chattanooga as a market. You know, and so that more people come, and so that more local bands sort of. I think if people get used to going to see more shows, which starts with maybe a festival or you know like shows at Walker and Signal and all these other places in town that have sort of sprouted kind of grown wings in the last half decade or decade that you know that creates a better soil for local music to sort of rise up at least that's our certainly my hope and i think that would definitely be ac so now as an artist you're on the forecastle lineup too i wonder when you go to plan your year out and you say we're going to do a tour are you specifically targeting certain festivals or are you you know do you do it off cycle how does how does a festival work into your touring plans in general when you plan your year it really just depends on the region i mean obviously because you know i'm going to be on the moon river lineup it's 
long as you know it makes sense. I don't know. You know, I, I always joke my new sort of career goal is to get back to where I can headline my own festival again. You know, um, now that now that it's grown so much. Uh, so I think you know the people that can make that happen. <laughs> also, yeah, yeah. That's right. You got. I got to earn it. That's right. Got to earn it. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, there's certainly it, it kind of goes both ways. As an artist, you, you there's some festivals that come to you and they say, you know, there's others that you kind of have to fight and scrap to get on the lineup. Um, you know, there's I've gotten to play a lot of really really great ones. Uh, there's there's really only one or two left on my list that are like, man, I really want to play it. None of those. Like Newport and then Telluride. Those would be the two. But yeah, so it goes both ways, and it just depends on the timing and you know. Like there's a lot of practical things with it. Like you know, I'm sure listeners would love would be interested to know that most of the time when you book a festival, there's what's called a radius clause, and it's sort of, you know, if you're going to play X festival, they draw a mileage circle around mm-hmm. it and say, please don't play outside of the, inside of this circle from you know 90 days before to 120 days after. Yep. Um, and so you know, for instance, Chattanooga is in a pretty tight. Yeah. Geographic market where you got Atlanta and Nashville. Birmingham. Birmingham. Sure. We have to, you know, when we're booking acts, that's sometimes the, a part of the conversation. Like, well, we've got this show in Atlanta, you know, in August. You know, how can we work that out? And so it's either work it out or you say maybe we'll do it another year or you adjust budgets. I mean, there's all sorts of ways to mm-hmm. sort of have these conversations. But that's a pretty interesting part of the whole process. Yeah. Like, both as the artist and as the booking side of it because you're, it's a puzzle. It's, it's always a puzzle. Sweet. More Patreons to thank Mary T. Musical Antlers. We get to learn more about Musical Antlers. Andrew T. McBride, Justin Negro, Phil Nye, Sean McCain, Skyler, David Henson, David Solano, Brooke Tussie, Joshua Herndon, Laura Eldholm, Nick Eatman, and Haley. Oh, and then uh, Melody and Jesse Feldman. Thank you all for being Patreons. Thank Aaron for being a Patreon. Uh, more Patreons to talk to next week. We also uh, very excited in the upcoming weeks, Bon Roulette. I mistakenly said Bon Roulette was going to be this week, but we sort of stumbled into the Drew Holcomb thing. So uh, Bon Roulette coming up in a two-part series in the upcoming weeks. I'm very excited about that. Anything else uh, to a? Uh, I love Bon Roulette. One of my favorite okay. things. Okay. All right. Absolutely. Yeah, because we, we don't have to work. No, we, it's we just, easy. We just play 10 seconds of a song and move on. It's easy. And, <laughs> by the way, should point out that if you're hoping to see that on YouTube, you're not because of copyright things. So that would be a podcast only oh, okay. audio thing. So. Look at that guy doing some uh, maintenance work. I know. There trying to go. think ahead because, you know, I'm, I'm guessing people just love seeing Brad's hair. <laughs> I mean, guessing is the wrong word. <laughs> Barry Corder, Brad Steiner, talk to you next week on the What Podcast. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year? That matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corner. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.